Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Hello, Andy. <laughs> How are you doing today, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Andy. How about you? How about you doing this? Today, it's a beautiful day today. I'm looking out my window in my basement, and uh, and it's beautiful out there. Did you get outside today, Andy? Um, not not too much. You know, I walked to my car to go um, pick up my daughter <laughs> from school. That's about the extent of it. But I, I would have to agree it's a pretty beautiful day for February, which I think is a rough month of the year. Like, I'm not a winter mm -hmm. person, and it's just like, it's just kind of dull and brown this and cold outside. This you is know. the winter for you, Andy, if you're not a winter person, because this winter has sucked. Yeah, that's true. From, in, in like terms if you of like, like winter, it sucked. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In terms of like getting like enough snow, right? Like, that's what you're talking about? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, that's true. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate it. But I still I still don't want it to be cold. Okay. I, I, it's just the way it is, Patrick. Do you live in Utah? It's cold here sometimes. Yeah, that's my fault. It's my, totally my fault. So, anyway, um, I am, however, very excited. I'm not super excited about the weather because it's not spring yet, but I am very excited that we have a guest on with us, Patrick. We have a special guest today. A very special guest. Very special yeah. guest. <laughs> Very true. Um, we have we have our executive producer on the show today, Andy. Yeah, he's usually behind the scenes, right? That's right. He's usually hustling behind the scenes, but today we put him on the pod. <laughs> it's very true. He's yeah, he's been telling us what to do, giving us awesome topics for a very long time. Um, you know, he's he's kind of that that manager behind you, telling you to push the pixels two inches to the left or two, not oh, two no. inches to the left, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, eight eight pixels to the left, right? Um, he's been doing that for our show, making it the amazing show it has been so far. Um, and now we finally convinced him to step in front of a mic and talk to him, talk to us. <laughs> so um, we we want to hear. Um, we're going to be able to hear from Matt Bourne today. So Matt, welcome to the yes, show. Matt Bourne, thank you, thank you for having me. It's uh, kind of a big deal to go to be accepted from the back of the house and now ready to be in front of house. So <laughs> I, just, I, I do appreciate it. And thank you for, you know, hearing my fire hose of topics and, and actually taking them seriously. It, it means a lot to me on a number of levels. Yeah. It's been great. It's keeping us, keeping us well fed for sure. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully listeners, right. <clears throat> I would agree. So, and I don't know if we took them too seriously in that, I think we have no. a lot of a lot of silly commentary in there as well, but at the same time, they were like very thoughtful, uh, very thoughtful topics that were sent in. So we were grateful for that for sure. Awesome, yeah, I appreciate the silly. It's it's uh, pain and laughter, right? You gotta have both. That's right. That's Full that's life. What, that's what designer what it's like to be a designer, right? Having that pain, and um, hopefully enough laughter as well. So that's great. So Matt, we want to get to know you more. Uh, we want to know um, who makes, what what makes Matt Bourne, Matt Bourne, right? Um, so this time we kind of want to um, ask you a couple of questions um, about basically how you got to where you are in your career. Okay. Um, and before we do that, um, if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us a, a quick, um, just a, a quick of 
a quick sentence of who you are, essentially, like who you are, where you work. I guess we know who you are because you're Matt Bourne, executive producer of Design Much. But where else do you work um, besides Design Much? What are you doing these days? Yeah, sure. Um, well, who am I? Nobody famous. Uh, <laughs> you, you asked me to talk about my career, um, and which, which really gives me a lot of anxiety. So I'm going to do what you just said and try to do it in a paragraph. So... Uh, you know, I was lucky, you know, I lived in Chicago uh, before Utah. I was lucky enough to le lead design on world-class teams at a Chicago-based company called Spout Social. I was there for six years. Our leader, Justin, he was the number one ranked CEO on Glassdoor for three years. Um, and that might still be running, actually. Uh, but TLDR, everybody wanted to work there. When I started, we were barely just hitting two million in revenue. Uh, eventually, uh, in 2019, we went public, and today that mark market cap is over $4 billion in climbing. Um, so as a part of that, as a designer, doing what we do, I uh, actually met all my financial goals before age 35. I recognize most people can't say that. Uh, but I say that because, you know, as I was talking to Patrick before, you know, they might want to know what a path to accomplishing that through design looks like. And... And to be quite frank, I'm not sure that a highlight reel of my career is the best way to do that. Uh, mainly, to be quite honest, I played such a small role, right? I, I think maybe the most unique part is I was a engineer, turn designer, turn manager, uh, you know, over the course of uh, several years. Uh, but yeah, really, if I were to summarize, it would be the same thing I just said. It was equal parts pain and laughter and um, yeah, to catch you up to right now, because that was then, is right now I'm lucky enough to be in a good position to do all that again, uh, leading design and discovery with a company here in Utah called Chargeback. So basically taking my passion for social media, which was a much more complicated problem back then, and now I'm applying that to a new set of complicated problems that is dispute management. And if you don't know why that, what that means, that's why I have job security. Uh, we're a, yeah, and just to tell you, I stole this from uh, Jeremy. Uh, we're a fintech startup growing rapidly, 80 plus employees, $45 billion industry, awesome product working with well-known brands such as Nike, DoorDash, Lululemon. That's what I'm working on right now. Very cool. Awesome. The only, the only time I've ever heard the term chargeback was when I worked at Target. Hey. <laughs> the only time, and I still don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh today's day number 50 for me at chargeback and I still don't know what it fully means either, but uh I'm getting there and 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 the folks around me are certainly helping me accomplish that. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. How did you how did you um can I kick it off, Andy? Or do you Absolutely, have a Patrick? <laughs> I, I was going to say um Andy has some good questions, but I just want to know real quick what what was the spark that got you into design? You you talked about how you were a developer for a minute or whatever, and we'll get into <laughs> your childhood in a minute with Andy here. He's going to try to make you cry. But um, <clears throat> yeah, what was kind of the spark or the catalyst that got you into design? Great question. Um, uh, so yeah, I've been in product, uh, you know, digital experience design, web-based products for eight years now. Before that, I was... Uh, I mean, 10 plus years, I made websites for people, you know, just odd, odd freelance jobs. Uh, learned 
PHP so I could wrangle WordPress sites for Motorola and you know everything in between small business medium-sized business architecture companies that's what kind of uh, I wouldn't say it paid the bills because I don't really have bills in that time at least not in the way I do now <laughs> uh, but yeah I was like I started doing that in like middle school you know building websites through high school and through college so it was just kind of a natural progression for me but you know it was uh, there was a moment of reckoning which is like I, I understand code kind of I can build websites, but I don't understand design. So I went to school for graphic design. Uh, it was actually when I first started uh, as the, the BFA, the uh, Bachelor in Fine Arts was for visual communication, which I actually prefer that term much more than graphic design. Like every, I tell people I'm a graphic designer, they're like, oh, you make children's books? And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I don't know that we have the time for me to unpack this all. But uh, Anyways, yeah, I think, so I was working for a small agency doing just, you know, WordPress sites and stuff like that. I was doing that for a couple of years. And then I just, I got an itch and I was like, man, I, you know, I'm reading all these entrepreneurial blogs. I'm going to try to throw all my savings at my own social media management startup. So I did that in the summer of 2011, that crashed and burned. So that felt awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, I kind of just made a decision 2012 was really the turning point for me. And it was just, it was just a decision. I'm done with client facing stuff. I want to be in-house. So I'm going to talk to as many startups and companies as I can. I know I don't want to work for fortune 50, fortune 500. So who can I talk to in Chicago? And so I, I kind of, you know, had a little bit of a foray, like dabbling with various startups and, uh, and then summer of uh, 2012 is when I started at Spouse Social. Cool. The beginning. The beginning. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. And it, it sounds like from earlier on, like early age, you were, you were doing a lot of really technical stuff. Like you were building websites in middle school, you said? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because when you asked for the spark, I was like, the spark came way before, <laughs> you know, the, that, that, you know, 2012 or even like my college years. Um, I would say, you know, I don't know if most people say this about themselves, but I would say I had a really peculiarly, peculiarly, that's a hard word to say, uh, abnormal, nerdy childhood. Uh, and and and, I'll, and if we can, I'll just share a couple quick stories. So the first memory I had of using a computer was an Apple II at my computer lab. It, it was like kindergarten or first grade. And I remember just, I, we just played games, right? So it was like my, my, what I thought computers were, were games. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I remember thinking, this is like Mario, but with more buttons, most of which don't do anything. <laughs> so that was, I remember being a kid in the computer lab, pressing buttons and they weren't doing anything, which is a really frustrating user experience, but the game was still enjoyable. And then, and this is maybe the best one. In third grade, I got a VTech kid laptop. And I noticed it came with a manual and it came with a mode called basic and 80% of the manual was uh, how to code in basic, how to write your own programs. So I learned basic. I started writing computer programs and, and then I was like, oh, I have a great idea. So I went to school one morning and I stayed up the night before writing this computer program. And I, I sat down and I had all these kids like gather around me and the way this kid's laptop work is once you started the command, you just, you could fake type and hit enter 
and it would just spits out something out on the screen. It was basically just a string of print <laughs> commands. And basically I made it look like I was using this kid's laptop that wasn't connected to the internet to hack the Pentagon. I, I, I was basically trying to convince them, okay, it's connecting. Oh no, they're trying, they're, they're, they're trying to track where I am. Oh no, I have to shut it off. I have to shut it off quick, quick, quick. And I have all these kids around me, like eight and nine year olds, just freaking out. And, and, and I would say in a very real way, Patrick and Andy, that was the spark. That is the moment in my life I can trace back and be like, all I'm trying to do is keep that going. I just want to have, I just want to like use computers to like, you know, fool people either into being more productive or just to put a smile on their face. That yeah. is amazing. So Such a good story. And that's a really great <laughs> that's a really great way to describe what design is. It's just like we we make these prototypes that just trick people into thinking like we have this experience, right? Like like here's this thing you could do, but it's not real. You know, it's yep. it's all just a, a facade. We're just <laughs> um storytellers and making people um trick people into being productive like you said (laughs) (laughs) or making them making them feel like they're productive right yeah yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) they they won't they won't remember what you said they won't remember what you did they'll just remember the way you they felt yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love that so that was your spark and that's when you wanted to you realized i need to keep chasing this high right i need to find ways to to trick some more people with uh, using technology and software, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got like, you know, it was really every year was a milestone for me after that. I got my first 486 for $200 at a garage sale when I was nine, uh, had a five inch floppy disk. I learned DOS. I learned, you know, how to play games. Again, like for me, it was just all about the games. And then, you know, Windows 3.1, 3, you know, 95, 98. It, one of my favorite things to do, do, do y'all remember Windows? You could hack the registry. Do you, do you ever remember hacking the registry? So I wasn't that cool, no. So I, couldn't, I can't hack anything. Basically, the whole Windows operating system has this key value pair store in the background. And that's, that's all you need to know. And one of them is a, it stores the value for the, what the start button says, right? <laughs> Where it says the word start in the corner. So I figured out how to change it. So anytime I went to a friend's house or was using a friend's computer, I would open up the registry on their Windows machine and I would change the word start to the word begin. And then I would just close it all and walk away. And, and I just, I started doing this like everywhere, like a, like a serial, I don't know, like a pathological, just crazy person. But I got a kick out of it. And you know what's so funny? Most people had already, here's what I learned back then. They had already learned the the motion they never even they never even noticed people wouldn't yeah. even notice that it said begin i think i think one time someone's like oh that's strange it says begin now they must have shipped an update or something i'm just like oh and they must have shipped an update right and back yeah. back in those days shipping an update was like you're getting like a, a floppy disk or a cd drive that you have to put in and actually <laughs> do yeah, an update spend, so it's been four and a half hours in front of your yeah windows machine with the wizard they would have remembered that. I think that's so funny. <laughs> begin. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever yeah. change it to anything, uh, anything else other than begin? Like, Oh yeah, I'm sure I did, <laughs> but it was one of those things. Like I just, I just had to be content with that was enough. That V1 just got it accomplished everything I was hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have time to go into all the details, but you did ask like 
how I got to like middle school and coding websites. It really was from there. Uh, there's a whole long story about how I got kicked off AOL for life. And then I had, <laughs> and then, and, and then I was using like a string of like net zero and Kmart blue light special discs just to stay online for free for like a whole year. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I, I have to connect the dots here because around that same time is like mid middle school like seventh grade that's when i got like my pirated copies of photoshop 5.5 and hopefully i can say this now am i outside the statute of limitations we'll see yeah i think so uh macromedia flash and dreamweaver uh like that's when it really started you know this sort of mischievous mess making really started to translate into you know something substantive as it relates to a career on the web right i, I learned ActionScript and Java and Perl and Apache. There was a site called blueberry.com, which still exists. Please go to it and look at it because this is how I got my start. It was just a list of all the HTML tags and attributes and CSS, you know, uh, properties. And I memorized them. This is what I'm, I'm staying up till, you know, one in the morning on a school night, memorizing web tags and, you know, XML spec, like that, that's just what I, like other people were having parties and coming of age and going through <laughs> puberty. And I just was obsessed with all this internet stuff. I don't know why, but. Uh, <laughs> that's so and, awesome. And then you discovered the blink tag, right? And then your yes. life changed. And marquee. And marquee. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Those, that was the jam. <laughs> Oh, I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> so simple back then. So uh, easy. When iframes were recommended. It was a simpler time. Just, you miss those iframes. That's true. <laughs> uh, I think that's, that's super cool. Like, uh, I think what I'm like kind of taking out of this is it seemed like you discovered at some point and it seemed like for you at a very young age that you could use technology, like you could control technology and you can like alter things with this power that you are gaining with, you know, being able to control technology uh, in, in different ways. Of course, you were able to mess with your friends by changing the start to begin. Um, and and or starting to learn like how you can maybe um get software that you know you maybe didn't pay for um <laughs> it, it seemed like you had like a lot of that sort of control and that it seemed like that's kind of what kind of kept you going and i, I don't know if correct me if i'm wrong like it seemed like you were, were able to kind of grow more in learning that technology and being more obsessed with it as you gained more control over time yeah yeah i think I mean, that's, that's the journey that I, I feel like is elusive and in so many ways I'm still on, but the, mm -hmm. like you said, the control part is only half the equation, right? It's only one side of the coin. It's, can, can I make something in this medium? Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I think to just extend what you're saying just right now or repeat it back to you, you know, my childhood instincts made me really comfortable being this sort of mischievous mess maker and in my adult life as like a practitioner of design in the context of you know commercial enterprise business it's it's been incredibly advantageous right just to just for me to enjoy that right like i just get this sincere like the deepest part of me just gets so much joy out of tinkering with stuff and seeing what happens when other people use it 
but that's the other side of the coin, right? It's really, you know, going back to that example back in third grade, like it's not enough just to make something. I, you know, I kind of wanted, I'm very curious to see how people react. So I would say in a very real way, even though the desire has kind of what has led to my, you know, my skills development and my competency, it's really this sort of, um, I don't know how to do it. I, I want to connect with people. I really want to learn the best ways of getting a rise out of people, getting a reaction and learning from people. And I think that's the thing I still don't think I'm good at. And I've been trying to get good at, you know, ever since. Okay. It's yeah. definitely a different. It's definitely a different thing when you, you know, professionally, when you're designing professionally for a SaaS company or whatever, Cause you're, you don't, you don't have that same, you know, you talk about chasing that high of, you know, messing with those kids and stuff with the, <laughs> the hacking on the Pentagon stuff. Like you, like, it's the same, it's the same kind of satisfaction you get when somebody uses a design of yours, right. And enjoys it or gives you a thanks. Like you meet them in person or something and says, Hey, this experience, this application sort of, you know, changed the way I work or whatever. It's, it's similar, but it's not the same, right. It's not, it's not as uh it's not as visceral. The, the only thing I could equate it to too is like when we do user testing, but usually that's just a failure. So, <laughs> so it's a little bit different. <laughs> that's a failure. Are you just saying, Patrick, that all of your, your user testing tests fail? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying I'm a poor designer. That's what okay. I'm saying, Andy. Okay, I wanted to call that out just, just so we know just, for the Yeah, record. highlight that. We'll, we'll tag that in the, in the episode for you. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the, thing, the thing I've been... <laughs> The thing I've sort of been telling my peers is that it's uh, both like presenting the wrong thing and or the right thing, they both move you forward. And mm -hmm. I think that's that was just it took me ages. And in some <clears> ways, <throat> I still have to remind myself to, to, to like learn and unlearn and relearn that lesson that, you know, we could talk for hours about getting too married to your work and stuff like that. But I, I do think creating enough distance to say, this is probably wrong and to expect that going into a user test, but then realizing the wrong thing often fosters the right response or the right feedback, right? Noticing something's off on the screen is like, mm -hmm. hey, I actually do want to speak my mind and share my opinion about that thing. And too often I would like get stuck in this rut where it's like, no, I want to wait and get this perfect or at least get it to parity with what I had in my head, which always takes longer than I'm expecting. And then by, by that time, I've already missed out on so many insights I could have had because, you know, again, the other side of that coin, it really, you know, I can only get to half a solution. The, the real solution is, is on the other half. It's the people, learning from people. It's immersing yourself in their suffering and it's, you know, trying to find ways to make them laugh. Like, like sometimes that's like, even on a call that's going poorly, like a user test call, I'm like, well, this isn't going how I planned. Let's just try to get some laughter going. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. If lighten lighten up the mood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love uh, that. Patrick, I'm sorry. You can go. How ahead. did you, uh, I was going to say, going back to your career path, like how did you get, how did you get from, yeah, being that mischievous kid, right? And to then being like, it's at, at like a, at like a company like Sprout Social, like what was your journey to get there? How did you do that? How did you accomplish that? Um, uh, the simplest and shortest answer I can give you is my peer group. 
I, I surrounded myself with a lot of, you know, people who are just as driven, you know, talented, but, but in the best ways, empathetic, right? Just like willing to listen, willing to help. Um, I want to, I want to read a tweet that one of my buddies, one of my roommates in college uh, wrote uh, about a year ago now. He said, over a dozen years later, this is Meg Reyes, uh, over a dozen years later, my classmates, some lifelong best friends have now become part of my career crew. We've pushed each other every step of the way. Love ya, John Schlemmer, Matthew Sion, Zach Kitzmiller. I, I wanna call that out because he did this because someone else had tweeted, dear design student, remember that your very first professional network of designers are the people in your class. And so, mm -hmm. I would say I got really lucky. I got really lucky because the school I went to, was it the best school in the world? No, but I really, I don't know that any school can really claim that, but I really leaned into the folks around me and we inspired each other and we moved each other in ways that I've never experienced in my entire lifetime. And I'll, and I'll tell you, these are the same guys I, I text on almost a daily basis. We talk about funny stuff. We talk about performance review cycles as managers. And, <laughs> how much how like hard and stressful that is and you know the and they're all super successful right so uh i i, I kind of just want to impress that you know one of them's you know leading teams at google one of them's leading teams at instagram slash facebook one of them's you know been at SpeakGeek and, and venmo and, and paypal and, and companies you've heard of and and so it's it really was just saturating myself alongside people who were kind of like-minded in the sense that they appreciated technology as a means to helping people. And they just wanted to figure out how to create a career out of that. And it was less about art school and less about degrees and less about like whether you were a good interviewer or not. And it really just was more about the support mechanism itself and mm -hmm. encouraging each other and, and continuing down that path. So um, I could speak more about that, but th that is the short answer of what kind of that college experience sort of bridged the gap from childhood to this getting into the industry and, and, and really just being exposed to technology companies for the first time. That's cool. Yeah. It reminds me of the, the, I, cause I'm still, I'm still kind of in touch with people that I went to college with too, you know, like, I think it's more, a little bit more from afar, but that those, there was a handful of people that you know, that I graduated with that I had, you know, sporadic classes with. And it's the same thing, right? Like same thing as you, like we, we inspire each other sort of indirectly through what we're doing. Right. So that's, that's cool. It's cool that you were able to have that. Right. Cause I can, I can imagine like a, a kid with some, you know, some computer talent, you know, getting banned by AOL. <laughs> like I can imagine that kid maybe having a different future than what you have. Right. So that's, it's cool that you were able to find that, find that in your life and, and, and elevate you that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and it was out of necessity. We, uh, we I don't know if this is common knowledge. There are no fraternities <laughs> or sports teams in art school. And so, and so we, we created a, like a, just a peer group called quad force as uh, kind of inspired by Zelda. There were four original roommates at the time. So you can piece those dots together. But this, that group became, it grew. And we, 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 we called it uh, Quad Force and Friends and we would host parties and we would ho host like study groups, you know, just tacking on quarter end projects together. And that it just taught me a very important lesson that like community 
has a lot to do with success, not just inside of the context of, you know, graduating school. I, I sucked at college, by the way. It took me five years <laughs> to graduate a three-year program. So uh, I'm not the best person to talk to about what, it, what hard work looks like in college. But I want to point out, it almost doesn't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. What mattered is that I had community and I, and I, you know, participated in it. I tried to foster it, but I obviously personally benefited from it. And, and so did everybody else. So it's, uh, it's yeah, I, if it sounds like I'm getting sentimental, I am, but it's, I gotta, if, if you take nothing else away from hearing this, it's, you know, sometimes the best people in the best position to get you ahead in your career are sitting right next to you. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it on the podcast uh, and other topics too, about that similar thing about not necessarily building a network, you know, like everybody wants to build a network professionally, but, but having that community of people that you trust and that you can, you can ask questions to and be vulnerable with, right. And be like, Hey, I'm having a hard day. I don't know how to do this. And like, we all need that. Right. So <clears throat> it's cool that you bring it up. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> and I would take that one step further and say, if you don't have that with people you work with closely, like my boss right now, it, it just feels so good to be able to speak candidly. It feels good to be honest. And like you said, it feels good to be able to ask for help and, 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 and feel that sort of security and, and, and being seen as not just a person being, man, you know, I'm not just someone you're appointed to manage, but I'm, you know, we're also friends in a way mm-hmm. and we're in this together. And so, yeah, I think that's absolutely critical that, and, <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. it's sad because I talk to a lot of designers who don't have that, right. Who don't feel that mm-hmm. same, uh, don't feel like they could be honest with their boss about a certain number of topics. Yeah. I, I really love that, that suggestion. I think that would definitely help a lot of designers, especially ones starting out in the field, like helping them grow and helping them, yeah, be able to progress in that, that design career. So let's say somebody doesn't have that, Matt. Um, how would you recommend that they, they start fostering something like that, something like a community that you're describing? Um. <laughs> It's a hard question to answer. So I'm going to uh, play. Everybody was hopped up on Atomic Habits last year, which I also read and love. And now I'm like, it c- comes to mind every day. And one of my favorite things in that book is uh, make it easy. Like there, there's so much, like us humans, we're so rational. Like we always expect more than we're actually capable of, which is, is a good thing, right? As much as it is a flaw, um, it's part of being irrational, right? But there are things we can do to make it easy. And so sometimes, you know, it, just for the sake of argument, you know, path A, path B, path A, you're like, well, you know, I want to get into the best company and I want to make the best salary. Right. And I want to do that. Like I want to have 15 calls this month and have three of those lead to, you know, offers, right? Like that, that's not making it easy. That's, that's a lot to try to pull <laughs> off and not just for someone fresh out of school, that's a lot to pull off for anyone at any competency level at any stage in their career. So what I might suggest is wrestling with yourself on and how to foster that and, and, and looking at what you already have. What, what's the information that you already have? What are the relationships you already have? Well, how do you make it easier on yourself? Um, and so just really practically, my wife, Megan, I met her in art school as well. Um, you know, we've, we've always, she's an interior designer. She's brilliant. We've always had a lot of creative chemistry. Uh, you know, we're both Chicago style modernists, minimalists, you know, the form follows function meets Van der Rohe, 
you know, Massimo Vignelli, if you can't find it, design it. We, we just subscribe to all that. Uh, but in a very real way, you know, I rely on her constantly. Like we were just talking about the rebrand for chargeback and I, and I felt it necessary to bring up that, like I talked to my wife about this and got her opinion. And you're asking me as a designer, like what my opinion is, I don't trust my own, I can't pick paint colors for an office. You need to talk to her. She's the one you should be asking. And so it made it easier for me to defer, right? It made it easier to have a support system in place, um, but still be helpful and still accomplish, you know, make, make progress towards a certain end goal. So um, I have another story about her, but does that answer your question, Andy? Yeah, I think it does. I think that's, that's really great. Yeah. Make it, make it simple and start easy, you know, with yeah. what you already have. I think that's really great. Yeah. I, uh, I almost quit all of this. This is the story I wanted to tell. I, mm. uh, back in 2012, I, I didn't have the best time. Like, you know, when you're just getting started and you have no UX experience, you know, I see stories on LinkedIn all the time, every day about this. A lot of them are like, some of them are kind of snarky. Some of them are kind of just like poking fun at ourselves as designers, trying to, trying to like put ourselves in the positions of all the Gen Z kids and, you know, stereo, doing the work to stereotype ourselves for them, which I think is really kind. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, I just, I struggled. I really did. Like I just dead end after dead end, you know, worked for an incubator, had some good highs and lows of that worked for, you know, a couple of small startups. Uh, I was at a startup and I just got laid off and I walked out like literally from the moment got walked out of the building, just was down the sidewalk, not even 10 minutes had gone by. And I'm just like, I'm done. I can't do this. I hate this. I'm going to quit. And so, and, I, and I'm feeling devastated and, 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 I, and I'm like so afraid to call Megan. So I call her, tell her, and, and I, in the kindest, sweetest way, she just says, she's encouraging. She's like, hey, it's okay. You're gonna find something else. Uh, and then, so she was encouraging. And then the very next thing she did was amazing. She goes, what are you gonna do next? I was like, dude, <laughs> uh, I, ha I hadn't got that far yet. <laughs> I'm still like reeling in the news. And no joke, I hung up with her pulled up in my phone. I pulled up meetup.com. And I was just like, where are the, where's the closest? It was kind of like getting DoorDash. It was like, where's the closest <laughs> uh, congregation of technology? This is pre-pandemic, of course. Uh, where's the closest congregation of technology people that might be able to empathize with me or help me out? And, it, you know, 0.6 miles away, there's an incubator, there's a 6 p.m. tonight, there's you know, 38 people are signed up for this city, you know, data.gov meetup thing. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to that. I went there, there's a presentation, there's free pizza, which getting free dinner in the same day you get laid off is always a good thing. <laughs> yes. uh, but but I realized in the moment, I'm like, this is not for me. Like they're talking about Python and I have no idea, like, why am I here? But I kid you not, guy sitting next to me said, you know, he kind of, he asked me how I was doing. I told him my story. He's like, hey, why don't you come tomorrow? Get back here at the incubator. We got a job fair. It's like, okay, sounds great. I came, brought it, came to the job fair. They, they needed a resume at the door. I didn't have one. They let me in anyways. And the second person I talked to was the hiring manager at Spot Social. And I'm getting a little worked up saying that out loud, but I think it's really important to recognize like without people who encourage you, without people who support you, without people who push you to be better and to make your next move, none of it happens. 
and so uh yeah it's just kind of crazy sorry i'm <laughs> I'm getting, no, I was I was I was hoping to keep this lighthearted. I didn't know I was gonna. Uh, <laughs> I told you, I told you, Andy would make you cry. Yeah, this is all my fault. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, no. this is Andy's. <laughs> but but it's important. I uh, thank you, thank you for asking hard questions and pushing me to my limits. No, I think I think I think you're right. I mean, you're 100 right because I think I look back in my career and that's I have similar instances, right? Not not the exact same stories, but similar instances where people, other people you know, when you're, when you're not doing so well, or when you're thinking you need something else, or when you want to quit or when you walk away and, you know, go work at a bowling alley, whatever it is, right? Like it's other people that are next to me that have always been the people that were encouraging, right? It's like, you know, it's always the people I work with or the people in my family, you know, whatever it's that, it's that tight community that you were talking about of like-minded individuals, right? That's always been like, Hey, what are you going to do? Like you said, what are you going to do next? Right. And that's always, you know, it's such a cool thing to have. Right. And like, like Andy brought up earlier, like if you don't have that, like you need to find that somewhere. So as a designer, especially new designers coming up, right. Like build that community, build that network, find those people. And they're then, and to your point, like they're right around you. You just, you just have to look around. <clears throat> such a cool story though. Like, thanks for sharing that with us. That's a, that's a cool story. I really love it. Or. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's yeah, it's really cool to hear that. And um, I'm glad I'm glad you found it. And I'm glad you found your way to design much, Matt. I think it's been <laughs> it's been a great journey. And I'm, I'm glad that you've made it here as our executive producer. <laughs> I, I'm glad too. I, it's, it, it just goes back, you know, I, I feel imposter syndrome as much as the next person every day. <laughs> And it was one of those things like coming into being on this podcast, it was like imposter syndrome to the max. But it, it, I think that can be a natural reaction for people. And I guess I've learned or maybe I've unlearned. It's, it's just another way of saying I recognize I won't be successful working alone, right? Opportunities mm -hmm. don't happen like this if you're not fostering them, right? If there's not community, if, if we're not doing this together. So that's just a big way of saying thank you for having me and thank you for making an opportunity like this. This is awesome. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on the pod. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be great. This is, this is a, a wonderful episode. I'm super excited about this. So thanks for yeah coming on and sharing your, your insights. I've learned a ton. So uh, again, you brought the thoughtful. So appreciate that. <laughs> hey dude. Hey dude. What's I, I have, I have one more question before we take off for okay. you, Matt Bourne. Sure. What's next? Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm probably going to give you a cop-out UX answer, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm still learning and unlearning. Um, I think right now my extrovertedness is getting the best of me. I don't, you know, sort of compounded <laughs> by the, the pandemic, right? Like I, I don't know, I'm bothered by so many things and I, and I just want to figure it out for the sake of my team, for the sake of my peers, for the sake of my family, right? I want, I want to feel like I've got a good process in place for, for, dealing with some of these new problems, right? Like I, I said before, I want to, I want to figure out how to dwell in the suffering of other people's problems. Well, how do you do that over Zoom, right? Everything yeah. is still so touch and go. People are so busy. feels like we never get below the surface and moving everything to Zoom only makes that harder. So, you know, I, I spoke to my leadership team this morning. I was just like, I just want to do in-person retreats for entire weeks where we live with the people we're solving for. <laughs> and and I was like, I think we can get a year's worth of discovery done in that one week. And, <laughs> and, you know, this is just 
this is like my extrovertedness compounded with like just being a Google Ventures Design Sprint fanboy. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it was really cool to get the response that was empathetic, but also like you're such an extrovert, right? Like introverts would never sign up for that. And, and so it's like, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. It's, it's really just a journey of trying to figure out what works for my team. It's a new team. I've got a new product manager starting next month. Um, uh, is it next Monday, 22nd? So yeah, it's like, you know, you get a new product manager. It's kind of like joining a new team, right? New chemistry, new things to solve. So yeah, I'm just, you know, I've only been at Chargeback for 50 days, but there's a next chapter here and uh, that page is turning quickly and I'm just excited to figure it out. Yeah. Before you'll know it, you'll be like, man, I'm, I've been through everything here. <laughs> oh man. It's, yeah. It, it is kind of like going around the block a few times and it, it takes so long, you know, people already repainted, you know, their houses. And so it looks a little different, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know where that metaphor is. <laughs> as good as any other metaphor we've used here on the old oh, pod <laughs> i mean andy's andy's analogy last week is was designers take baths and developers take showers that was his analogy so we don't know what's happening most of the yeah. time with analogies <laughs> well if nothing else we're accomplishing what i set out to do when i was eight years old find ways to make each other laugh uh often that requires mischievous mess making but the but but the but the real trick if there's nothing else you take away the real trick is just having good friends there you go dude bam we got to close the pot on that right there andy that's it cool yeah thanks matt for being on and uh thanks for being our unpaid unofficial uh <laughs> executive producer <laughs> it's a pleasure it's a pleasure thank you Okay. Happy Thursday, y'all. Take care. You too. Talk to you later. See ya. Yeah, see ya. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the pod. Real quick before you take off, we need your topics. Shoot an email to topics at designmuch.org or go to designmuch.org slash contacts and fill out the form. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, go ahead and share the pod with some friends, coworkers, your weird aunt, that guy who takes your money every morning at the McDonald's, your hamster, really just whoever you want to. Lastly, go grab a Design Much t-shirt at designmuch.threadless.com and wear it freaking proudly. That's it, guys. Now have a good week, design nerds.